Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Now, let's be honest, the words credit or finance probably scare you. I know in this case, for so many salon owners, and it used to be me, for sure. But when you own a business, it's essential not only to know about these things, but actually actively consider them when making business decisions. Especially with what we've just recently all been through, we really do need to future-proof ourselves. Luckily, though, I've brought in the big guns. Today, I'm chatting with Jerry, and she is a credit and financing expert. In this episode, we're going to share with you her top tips when it comes to everything finance, including how to future-proof your business so that you are ready for anything. And we know we need to be ready for anything at the drop of a hat. And why finding your credit score is actually nothing to stress about. In fact, something you need to do is easier than you think. This is such an informative and fun episode, so let's dive in and let's meet Jerry. Jerry, welcome. Thank you for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Pleased to have you here. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. Now, let's start with uh, telling us where are you in the world? What do you do? And how did you get to be doing what you do? Sure. Well, today I'm in uh, Missouri. I'm normally based in Florida in the U.S. And I've been working in the field of credit and financing for a few decades now. Uh, I fell into my line of work, but it's been really gratifying. I hear I wrote the first book, mass market book in the U.S. that talked about credit scores, and more specifically FICO scores, which is a pretty big deal, at least here. I don't know if you use FICO scores in in all countries, but they're, they're sure. pretty big. They're pretty big deal here. And um, and then I've been talking about small business financing and and personal financing. Uh, and how they tie together. So for the past five years, I've been with NAV, and we focus primarily on small business financing. Great. Well, uh, I'm really pleased to have you here. And if you're wondering, why are we talking business financing on the podcast? But I feel like it's a really important question and topic right now, because uh, amidst uh, a global pandemic or on the back of a global pandemic, depending on where in the world you are, we're all at different stages now. Um, but one conversation has been really apparent to me is, was I ready for this pandemic? Uh, how vulnerable I, was I financially throughout this pandemic? How can I be prepared and future-proof for the future? And your uh, ab ability to access finance when you need it has come under scrutiny and people are looking and saying, well, how prepared was I for this? What could I do in the future? So I think it's a really relevant topic to talk about uh, your ability to access credit uh, and how quickly can you get your hands on it and make sure you're prepared. So Jerry, you're in the right place. Uh, you've got some good things to share. So let's start, let's just talk about first, like what even is, let's establish what is credit and what is personal credit and business credit? Are they different? Should they be the same? Just let's just talk about credit, your ability to access funds. Sure, absolutely. So 
all over the world, there are these organizations, they're sometimes called credit bureaus, credit organizations, credit rating agencies. They go by different names, but they do the same thing. They collect information about how people have handled their bills, and then they sell that information to lenders or landlords or insurance companies or whatever, you know, permissible they can, whatever permissible reasons they can sell it depending on the laws and restrictions of various countries. And that information is really important to access to capital as an individual and in many cases as a business. And so just like there are these personal credit bureaus or credit organizations, there are also business credit bureaus that collect information about how businesses pay their bills. And anyone who is looking at one of these reports is probably doing it because they want to assess risk. You know, they want to say, how risky is it for me to lend money or even just to do business with this individual or this company? And so this information can be very important and it's not always transparent to individuals or business owners. And so there have been countless stories of individuals and entrepreneurs who have been unable to get financing or rent the space that they want or rent the apartment they want because there's something negative in their file and they didn't know about it. Or even didn't know that it existed, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the important thing. Okay, well, let's talk about, um, I mean, I know from my own experience when I was uh, establishing myself as an adult, <laughs> uh, I was very aware of my credit rating and was I, you know, I knew this feeling of being judged as a good, was I a good citizen and paying my bills and managing myself responsibly? And that affected me in, in renting a house, buying a washing machine, all of those things. Um, uh, and clearly the same uh, rules apply for business. But I know that often that people get those two things intertwined, especially in the hair and beauty industry. It's hard to separate ourselves from our business and they can come become all stuck to get a bit mucky. How do we separate uh, those sort of financial things, but especially around credit for business and personal? Yeah, and you know, it's so interesting to me, Larissa, because I feel like these last three months have just amplified things I've been talking about for five years. You know, I've been giving programs to small business owners saying, you need to separate your business and personal finances. You need to, uh, you know, get credit before you need it. Make sure your credit's strong before you need it. And the example I gave was it could be an opportunity or a crisis. And, mm. you know, the opportunity is you can buy that salon or the equipment from that salon that's going out of business, right? And you could get it at a really good price if you have access to the funds to be able to do that. But also a crisis. And, you know, obviously we're in the biggest crisis that most of us will probably face in our lifetime financially. So, you know, it's interesting to see how many people now are suddenly waking up and saying, oh, yeah, I remember you talked about that. And... I think because part of it is that ideally many of us really want to, and I was self-employed myself for over 10 years. So I, I can appreciate every, you know, everything that, that you go through as a business owner where you're trying to wear all these different hats and take on all these responsibilities in your business. But a couple things, you know, one is that many entrepreneurs really don't like to deal with numbers and money. It's just not their forte, right? They didn't, they didn't go into business to become an accountant. They didn't go and learn accounting software. They didn't because they, they have a passion for what they do. And then I think the other thing is uh, there's, a, there's a strong desire to bootstrap a business or to pay for the business growth out of revenue. And that is admirable when you can do it. But sometimes it does make sense to leverage 
other people's money in order to take advantage of those opportunities or like we're talking about you know, survive the crisis. So, you know, here in the US where I'm based, we've had a number of loans and relief programs for small businesses, but I've seen many small businesses struggle with the process of that because they don't have their bookkeeping up to date. Mm. They don't know the numbers. They don't have a separate business bank account. So it's hard for them to show to the lender, you know, what, in what revenues the business was making as opposed to their personal revenues. And it's been a huge, huge problem for many of these business owners. And so I'm, I feel like you do that now's the time for us to set things up going forward. So yes, it's not an ideal time to be dealing with all this, but it may also be a time to deal with it because depending on where you are and how open you are, you might have some time to take care of these things that have been sort of push to the side in your business, but if you get them right now, could help your business survive and thrive as things go forward. So Jerry, what are a couple of like, what would be the first couple of steps that they need to do? If you feel like, yeah, do you know what? I've been neglecting this. I'm going to take some action. What are the first couple of basic steps that uh, we should go away and do? Yeah, the first one is to have a completely separate business bank account and to use that business account for business transactions. So even if you need to, you know, you need to pay yourself so you can pay your own rent or your own, you know, utility bills, you want to write yourself that check and then deposit into your personal account and pay your personal expenses out of your personal account, not your business account. I've just seen so much of that intermingling. And again, lenders do not want, they're, they're not going to look at your personal bank statements, right? They want to see your business bank account and your business activity. And if you're mixing personal and business, it's going to be very, very difficult to qualify based on the activity of your business. So you definitely want a business bank account. Um, it, I would also recommend if it's available to you to consider using a, a business credit card as opposed to a personal credit card. If you mm. can't do that for whatever reason, you can't qualify, maybe they're not available to you, you know, depending on where you are in, in your country, maybe small business credit cards aren't as widely available then at least dedicate um, a credit card to your business so that all the business purchases, and maybe it's a debit card where you are, maybe you don't use a lot of credit cards. There are some countries where they're not as popular as they are here in the US. Then you dedicate that card so that you know that every purchase that goes through that card and everything that appears on that statement is for the business. And that just makes it so much easier to keep up with your accounting. Yeah, okay, uh, for sure. Keep things completely separate. All right. Um, let's talk about uh, getting credit before you need it, having that availability uh, if, when, should, and any other thoughts on this sort of credit report? Like if we, how do we know, it's kind of like when you explained it to me, I thought, oh, there's the secret report out there about my business that I didn't know about. How do we get our eyes on it? How do we know if we're, you know, getting a green tick or a red cross? Uh, what should we do about that? Because what I want for those that are listening is that, you are prepared before you need it, whether you want to access funds for growth or whether you want to survive due to a pandemic or other crisis. Like, let's get this done now. So talk to me about that. Yeah, so on the business credit side, there's a variety of different agencies that compile these reports, but I'm gonna give the name of three international ones because there's a good chance no matter what country you're in, at least one of these companies compiles and sells business credit reports on businesses in your country. So. The first one would be Dun & Bradstreet. You might've heard the term D&B. 
Dun & Bradstreet has been around for a long, long time. Um, and so they're in many countries, I think over 100 countries around the world. So they compile business credit reports. So if you have access to that, check that. Experian, which is based out of the UK and is also um, compiles a lot of personal credit information, also has a small business reporting division. So there may be a small business credit report about your business uh, with Experian. And then there's one called CreditSafe and CreditSafe is in a number of countries as well. And so you could check your credit with um, CreditSafe. If you're in the US, um, our three major business credit bureaus right now are Experian, Equifax, and Dun & Bradstreet. And you can check all those for free through a free NAV account. So we do offer free access to business credit reports. But depending on where you are, you might have to pay a little bit for it. But I don't think it's a bad idea to check it at least once to see if it's accurate because ultimately with any kind of credit report, you and I are the only ones who can look at it and say that's accurate or it's not, right? We're, we're, we're the final judge of whether the information on there belongs to us or whether it's right or wrong. So checking it to make sure it's accurate is really important and it can also be very helpful in the event of, um, in, in the way of protecting from fraud too, because there's rising small business fraud. I know it's a huge growing epidemic here in the US and I can't imagine it's not happening in other parts of the world as well, but um, checking your business credit can identify things that don't belong to you or suspicious activity that could alert you that there may be someone trying to use your business entity to their advantage. Golly. All right, I, uh, let's say I discover my credit rating isn't good uh, and I want to future proof, what can I do about this? Like, that sounds really scary. Yeah, I, I don't want to make it sound too scary because for most, for most people and most businesses, you know, you pay your bills on time and that's what creates a good credit report. So the bottom line with any credit report is you need accounts showing up that show that you paid on time. And I do find with business credit, that's a bigger challenge than with personal credit because a lot of times your traditional lenders, you know, whether it's your auto loan or your mortgage or your credit card, they probably report to personal credit. On the business credit side, it's not as consistent, the reporting. So you may have to be a little bit proactive about either talking to your lenders and vendors and finding out if they will report or actually choosing to do business with companies that do report your activities. So if you're gonna choose, let's say, you know, you're gonna buy, I don't know, supplies for your salon, okay? Uh, then you could buy it through a company that will report your payments each month to the credit bureau. And then as long as you pay on time, you're building good credit. Okay. I think that's really important. Building uh, good credit for the future. What, what may come. Yeah. And, and it, right. it really gives your business an advantage because most businesses so. aren't doing this. So yep. even if you're just doing a little bit, you're doing mo more than most other businesses. So it's, it's, I find it's easier and faster to build good business credit than even personal credit just because you're actually taking some action. Yeah. Okay. I think that's great. I think it's a really good message and very timely for uh, right now. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, are there any sort of uh, important last thoughts that you want to share to make sure that we do or take action or need to know? Yeah. I mean, I think this is the time to solidify, you know, your position and to get ready for lending as it starts to reopen. It really has slowed down globally. We know this for a fact, but it will come back. Lenders don't make money unless they lend money. 
So as soon as they feel that they are in a position to do that, they are going to start doing that. So I want to give two tips for the future. And one is to take these foundational steps that we just talked about, um, but also to make sure you're thinking, uh, looking at your business like a lender would look at it. You know, do I have good credit? Are my financials in order? Can I show them my latest, you know, profit and loss statement or information about how much revenue my business is making, et cetera. So you set those um, foundational steps and make sure those, you know, are really in order. And then um, the second thing I would say when it comes to really future-proofing your salon business is to make sure that you're, you understand any financing before you get into it. Because there are unfortunately still predatory lenders out there. And I'll give you an example. Here in the US, there was a story about, we use, we compare costs of lending on the personal side with what's called an APR, annual percentage rate. So it's a way to compare uh, interest rates on different types of loans. But on business, they don't have to use an APR or an annual percentage rate. So there was a, actually a woman who was gonna buy a salon from the owner, he, the owner was selling and she was gonna buy a salon. She got a term sheet for some financing and it said on it, uh, I think 15% stated percentage. And stated percentage is not a normal term that we use related to financing, but there's not a lot of regulation on business financing. So, you know, it was kind of meaningless. So in her head, she was thinking, oh, it's a 15% interest rate or a 15% APR. When that, when her loan was put through a calculator to determine the APR, you want to take a guess on how much it was? Oh, I dare not think. It was over 1,400%. Now, mind you, I, I consider, you know, a 20% interest rate high. This yeah. was over 1400% interest. So I, yeah, I can't speak for what the laws are in every country, but in the U.S. they don't have to disclose an APR. So just wherever you are looking at financing, you want to be able to understand how this will help you make money, right? What's the return? And if it's too expensive, then you're going to be losing money. And then when the next predatory lender comes in, you know, you're going to be looking at that next predatory loan. So you really want to understand what it's costing you. And if you don't understand that, because maybe math is not your forte. I didn't, I didn't particularly like accounting in college. It was my least favorite class. Um, but, you know, I have an accountant who is well-trained and who can answer these kinds of questions. So whether it's a business mentor or an accountant or online tools, um, like the ones we provide at NAB, then you can use those to help you understand whether this financing makes sense for your business and will help you move forward. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think those mistakes are made when we're too busy being busy trying to get the stuff done that we don't slow down enough to just read and take stock of where we're at. Yeah. Um, so I think that's great advice. All right, very good. I feel like we should all be a little more enlightened now. So you've been a business owner yourself uh, and a professional uh, working person. So what is a, a quote or a mantra that, uh, that you live by or that keeps you sane that you can share with us for some inspiration? Yeah, one I try to live by is just because you can't do everything you want to do doesn't mean you can't do anything. So just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you can't do anything. So even little steps, you know, I'm a big believer in that 1%, take, taking a, you know, 1% of a project and getting started, that can make a big difference in your business. 
Amazing. I love it. All right. Uh, where can people reach you if you've sparked something or triggered something often, uh, given our conversation, they want to reach out to you. Where can we find you, Jerry? What's your dub dub uh, and all yeah. your gory details? Uh, you can find me at NAV, which is N as in Nancy, A as in Apples, V as in Victor, NAV.com. And uh, I'm also on Twitter and LinkedIn and social media. I'm happy to connect with you there. My name is a little hard to spell. It's Jerry with a G. But <laughs> you'll see my articles on the NAV blog. And then feel free to reach out to me. And I'm happy to, uh, happy to share about your business on, on social media or you know, answer questions. I, I love answering credit, credit questions. So if I can, I will. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much for uh, sharing with us, Jerry. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jerry. I know all of my salon owners will have learned a lot. Right. I wanted to make sure though, before I go, that I mentioned that I've created something just for you. Six ways to make more money from the clients you already have. Hey, it's free. This guide I put together for you because I know a lot of salon owners are struggling with sales at the moment. Making more and client retention is a big topic right now. So this one is definitely a goodie. I decided I'm going to share my top, top tips on how to exponentially grow your business. I love that word, exponentially. These are my best strategies on how to make more money from the clients you already have. Now I'm going to leave a link for you in the show notes of this episode on www.sellownownerscollective.com. So make sure you grab your own free copy. I know you're going to love it. Uh, make sure you join me in the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners free Facebook group. Look forward to seeing you there and connecting with you again, same time, same place next week on the podcast. Chat to you then. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.